guys? Welcome to another episode of Couch Coaches. Today, we have Leon Lush, my personal favorite YouTube star. He's actually out of Boston. Uh, an awesome dude. He's got over a million subscribers on YouTube, a shit ton of followers, and all the other social media channels. We talked a little comedy. We talked Patriots football. He's a huge Patriots fan. And also, how he got to his position as a YouTube star. It was a long grind. Finally quit his job in the service industry, and uh, he's just an all-around good dude. Awesome to talk to. So, without further ado, here it is. Perfect, perfect, perfect. We're good to go. Dang. Dude, I was surprised you answered that email with that subject line, the gonorrhea in Boston. I was kind of shocked you answered <laughs> immediately. But I had to do something yeah, to stand dude. out. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, you know, it's it's interesting because I, I get a lot of emails, obviously, but uh, – the gonorrhea definitely caught my attention and also the Boston. I love, I love just like, I don't know, people that are like locals that like are doing the same thing or in the online media business trying to do something cool. Like I'm all about that. So hell yeah. I saw it and I was like, hell yeah, dude. And you know what? I, it, I love sports. And just a disclaimer, like <laughs> I know this is like a sports podcast, right? I don't know a lot like behind the scenes of what's going on in sports. Football is my main sport. I love it to death. Played it when I was younger. Oh, yeah. It's like, Without a doubt, like Patriots, I live and breathe. But like, if if you ask me to name like who is this guy in 2012 draft, like I'd be like, get fucked. I have no clue. Sick, right? Eric, write but, that down. We're gonna ask him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what we're gonna I open up with. Too. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't mean yeah, I can't yeah. ch- chat shit about sports and stuff. But I'm definitely in the online media game. So whether it's sports or YouTube, obviously YouTube kind of culture is more my specialty. That everything kind of overlaps in a sense, so it'll be fun to kind of chat about that anyways. Hell yeah. Yeah, um, yeah Cam's got a good list of, of internet questions because I think he's the – he's kind of the opposite. He's such a football guy, and he knows all the he knows all the, the draft dudes and, and yeah. X's and O's, yeah. so he's so interested. And might as well open up with the emoji question because that seems oh, like a good lead-in of a question. Yeah, I mean – all right, so I got I got to give you some background on me, Leon. Like I coached I coached college football for like three or four years, and then I'm still okay. coaching now. Got Lo- out of the Lo- locally or college? No, I'm fr- so my dad's from Massachusetts. I grew up in California. I'm in Southern ah. California right now. Oh, you're um, in SoCal? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I coached O line. So like, just like obviously, like the stereotypes, like the grit. Like I had to chew in twenty four seven. Like I drank black <laughs> coffee. Like. The whole nine. Um, <laughs> Classical line coach, right? There. Yeah, I, I like I, I grew up playing line, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. right with you. I think, I think I tried to play fullback once, and my coach was like, what are you doing? Like, get, get in a three-point stance, first off. You look like an idiot, and then yeah. that was history for me. They actually did that to me my senior – like, going into my senior year of high school, I had lost, like, 50 pounds or something ridiculous, and they're like, yes. oh, yeah, like – you can play some fullback now too, and and I did, yeah. and it was fun. But I was like, I, yeah. I was like, no, keep keep me on the line. And our line sucks so bad they had to pull me and put me back on the line, anyways. But yeah. it was fun well, to get. I, I, it was fun to get a touchdown. I'll tell you that. Yeah, dude, you got a touchdown in your NFL career, and your NFL. Your <laughs> yeah, my, 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 yeah, my my yeah. Glo- my <laughs> glory day career back yeah. when life was still cool, and I was dude, I played, so much. Shit. I played football for eleven years, touched the yeah. ball once, never scored a touchdown. I think I gained <laughs> like three yards on a carry, and I was like, that was the coolest thing ever. You guys fucking see that? Yeah, yeah. But um, anyway, back to the emoji question off the beaten path there. Sure. Um, like I fucking hate emojis. Like I just hate them. And like I was watching your because I, I found your content 
fuck, I don't even remember now, uh, a little while ago. But what obviously what drew me to me is oh, you were in a Pats hat. And I was like, this dude's a fucking Pats fan. <laughs> it was when the Pats were like making their run. And I was like, I need all the fucking good energy we can get as far as okay. New England stuff goes. Um, but you kept bringing up like emojis and everything. You're like laughing till I'm crying emoji. I can't. I, I fucking hate emojis. If someone texts me emojis, <clears throat> I don't tell them to stop. But I like make a clear effort to be like. I don't play that game. You need yeah. to fucking cut that shit out. So, like, do you hate emojis too? Like, I yeah, like I do. And it, I do. And it's Fuck such yeah. and like, we sound like such boomers right now though. To be like, Oh, those fucking kids and their fucking emojis. Yeah. Like those yeah. little rat bastards. Like, uh, it, it started for me when I was started doing like this insufferable Instagram stuff. I do on the internet where I kind of take the piss out of like Instagram, popular Instagram accounts that are just garbage, but are super successful somehow. And like, if you look on Instagram, like, every comment section is just uh, a wall of like these laughing until I'm crying emojis. Like no one has anything insightful to say. It's like this horseshit 60 second video of someone going into Walmart and like being disrespectful or being a prick. And then just a wall comments, like kids being like laughing till they just spamming emojis. So that's kind of where my disdain for emojis grew. Like even before that I wasn't hyped on them, but it sucks because like, it's kind of at the point now where it's like, if you can't beat them, join them. Like I find myself use like it's it, initially I used it like really ironically where I'd be like, Oh yeah, look at me. Like I'm using a laugh until I'm crying emoji. Now I catch myself doing it unironically and it really has started to worry me a little bit. But I, but I think like I can't do it. my disdain will always be there, but sometimes oh, when you're in the game for a long time and it's like, you're used to like community engagement and involvement and it's like, right. It gets, and for me, like I try really hard to respond to a lot of DMs, whether it's on Instagram or respond to things on Twitter. And, you know, sometimes you just, it's tiring to the point where you, you, it's, you know what, I'll just fucking send this emoji just because that was <laughs> exciting engagement for somebody on the other end. Yeah. In theory, but like I just don't have the energy to come up with like a, a well crafted response. So I, yeah. I, I hate it. But it is convenient and kind of a cop out at the same time. That's kind of how it all starts. I, you start off with some emojis, and next thing you know, you're dropping those vine boom noises in your in your videos. The next thing you're going full blown, yeah. putting <laughs> putting anthrax Dude, on phones I, and making making YouTube videos, getting reactions. I think that's how it all starts. It's just the emojis. Yeah, it is funny. Like, right, and that's it's when a lot of what I do is like when I'm when I'm making fun of something that I think is really stupid, and I use it ironically, like in a skit. It's like you can only do that so much before you start to question whether you're using it ironically anymore or not. And I'm like, wait, am I am I yeah. now using this like just because I <laughs> I've made, it, yeah. I've made fun of it so much that now like yeah. I don't know. But I feel like I've 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 draw I draw the balance pretty well. I try not to I try to make sure my use is subtle and not just I feel like so much of the content like online and like especially with like kind of the Vine style, the Instagram style videos, it's just like these sound effects and all this forced production just being shoved down your throat in a way that's meant to be funny, but it's, it's just so garbage. And stuff. Yeah. I, uh, so yeah, it's it's a, I, get, yeah. I got a quick, quick story. Uh, Liam, sure. I actually DM'd you like fucking two weeks ago or something like that. Right. Did I respond with that. an emoji? No, you didn't. I, I kind of did because I would have been Christ. like, "Fuck, maybe he doesn't." Maybe he yeah, this like guy emojis. fucking sucks. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. unsubscribe. Um, yeah. No, I, I I DM'd you a little while ago, and then literally like 
two days later, Eric's like, hey, have you ever watched Leon Lush? And I'm like, dude, I fucking love Leon Lush. Like, I watch all this un- shit. Unrelated kind of that happened? Un- completely unrelated. Yeah. Like, right after I DM'd you. And my DM was, like, of this fitness Instagrammer because, like, I like I, t- like, I work out. Like, and so I always oh, see yeah. a fitness shit on Instagram. And Same. I when I when I was working out as a kid, like, my dad had, like, his own gym. And it was literally, like, an old classroom that we turned into a gym. So I had no idea about the public gym, like, just that that society at all and then i get there and like i'm trying to squat and some dudes like doing lunges right in front of me with like 90 pound dumbbells and he's just slamming them on the ground every time and then his fucking then his boys behind him like filming him while he's doing it and i'm like what the fuck kind of circus are we running here fellas it's a whole different world in the gym now it's crazy but i did i did dm you i don't know if i should be like stoked about that because like it it pro, uh, provoked this interview because I was like, Eric, I fucking love this dude. Let's get it. And then he was like, <laughs> dude, he responded. He responded. And then I was like, well, what would you write in the title? And he was like, Boston gonorrhea. I was like, not at all what I thought. But okay. Yeah, yeah. Gonorrhea is my kryptonite. I respond every time to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, uh, that video that he saw too, um, I was talking to Cam on the phone. He's like, that guy, Cody KO, did a video on that one already. I was like, it's Cody KO. We kind of renamed Cody Co. <laughs> Cody Knockout. So that's that's his yeah. maybe a good new nickname. Cody Knockout. Oh, a video on uh, on fitness comedians. Yeah, yeah. It was the yeah, one yeah. dude that I sent you specifically. This dude named Scott Matheson. If you oh yeah yeah. Free time sure, and you dude. Rip that motherfucker. It, it's I, funny. I was just looking through Instagram today for like content and stuff, and I'm pretty sure Scott Matheson came up, and I want to do one so bad on that, but I it's like. In, in the in the community online, it's like people do videos on the same topic and it's whatever. You make it your own. But I hate yeah. – like it's tough for me to – like I, I'm a huge Cody Co fan. So like I saw that video and it's just part, part of me has trouble then going and doing the same kind of topic even though I think I could pull it off differently. I just – I don't want to. Like enough time has to lapse or whatever. Right. And I don't know. There's a lot of – a lot of what I do isn't necessarily original ideas but it, like for, for that video to be so fresh and then to go do the same thing can sometimes be a bad look. But uh, I, there's so much like in, internet – Instagram fitness is a, is a gold mine of just well, crazy garbage content. Yeah. What's wild, Eric? Like I don't mean to cut you off, Eric, but no. um, fuck fucking uh so like when you're in the gym and like there's a bodybuilder like, i don't know if you guys are bodybuilders out like back east like socal there's fucking a diamond oh i'm sure california is a way different beast Dude, out there it's the worst but like bodybuilders in the gym they have to have like two or three people around them who are just there to jerk them off just like do great fucking lift man and yeah. but like when they put their shit on instagram it's the same shit, just with emojis and comments. Just like, yeah. dude, your form looks great these days. And it's just like, what the fuck is going on here, fellas? Is there ever like a, hey, man, like, you're a piece of shit? Like, does, does no one tell them these? Oh, uh, it's a no big circle jerk. You know it's I mean? interesting, it's though. Don't you think, like, a lot of bodybuilders, like, people that really take it to the extreme. Like, I'm, I'm big into fitness myself. I, I have a four-year degree in exercise science from a university in New Hampshire. And, uh... I've always, it's always been a big part of my life. Like I love working out. I go through ups and downs where I'm like, I get fat and then I get in shape like fucking anybody does. Same, but same. does, don't you think like bodybuilders that really take it to the extreme is, doesn't that kind of stem from this underlying massive amount of insecurity? I feel like, Oh, hundred percent. So like, then you, they get to this point where they're like juiced and fucking huge and whatever. And they just want people around them all the time telling them how fucking yoked they are. And it's, it's really interesting. I think about that a lot because fitness, fitness in general, like is so, it's so awesome and so good for you and to be healthy and active, live an active lifestyle. But so many people, 
see it as like this climb that never ends. Like, like it always has to be bigger or better or skinnier. And I'm just like, yo, can't people just realize, like get to a point where you're like happy and healthy and like, don't worry about making progress. Like if you, I don't know. It's just, I gains. I look, yeah, I look at some of these dudes <laughs> and I'm like, I feel like it's just like reverse anorexia in a way. Like it's, it's so, it's so yeah. weird, but, but it gets you massive views on Instagram, right? And massive, Jesus Christ, massive likes, it? dude. So, yeah. and, it, and if it's your career and it's making you a shitload of money, I guess that's one thing, but yeah. And if you're say, an emoji guy, it's, it's sport for you. Emojis too. I think some plus study came out last year where they, what you just said, that some psychologists were seeing a lot of similarities in bodybuilders as people with anorexia it's like the same the same part of the brain that's being activated right it's like body dysmorphia essentially at the end of the day it's like you're you're just have an unrealistic view of what reality is for yourself i think Mm. i don't know it's a it's it gets convoluted though like i said when it becomes someone's career and then it's like you constantly do you constantly be getting bigger and better like even if you're already huge and ripped or can you just maintain and be like yo i'm fine at the size i am but then how do I like promote this garbage product that's paying me a shitload of money if I'm not getting <laughs> bigger on it, right? It's just this weird this weird situation. But I'm fascinated by the whole thing, the fitness industry in general. Dude, I, I, have, a, I have a question, and that, that kind of leads into something sure. else. I, I have a big question on Instagram models. I was doing some of my own scientific mm. research last night, and what I found is the, the correlation. Scientific. Sure, yeah, sure. scientific. <laughs> the correlation of more butt and more skin results in more engagement, more or less. So it's kind of the low-hanging fruit. Same type of people that kind of use those hacks with the videos that you kind of destroy. What do you think about Instagram models that take the the same low-hanging fruit too? What, of just like basically just making their feed softcore porn essentially? Yeah, like, yeah, ha- yeah, exactly. I mean, it's... I, I have like kind of a split feeling on it. I mean, you can you can, if you if you take away like whatever your moral fibers are, right, and just look at it from a business perspective, it's a smart move because mm-hmm. I mean we live in a society now that is <clears throat> I don't not to get super deep, but like we live in a in a fucking society full of just pornography addictive pornography addicted people mm. and it's like instagram is like the gateway drug right so anyone who's a kid 12 13 14 15 it's like yo that's like i equate that to me when i was like 12 and like found like a playboy at my buddy's house under his dad's bed mm. and like i was like it was like the holy fucking grail and and it's for these kids who are like just getting like access to online and it's just like it's stimulating it's easy it's just like sex sells and it's like a super it's and it is proven to work and it's a really good business model for some of these females but it's all but then once you start bringing in ethics and morality and however you feel about certain things with women like it, it gets pretty it can get pretty messy but like i don't know i i have trouble hating on the hustle right because some of these girls are making a killing mm-hmm. and uh and really all they're doing is catering to a market that already exists mm-hmm. right and and but at the same time it's like i don't know like what happens when your your body dries up and then i don't know like i guess what you could say the same about an athlete like make your money while you can yeah you know you'd have five six seven good years fucking bank up maybe invest in some real estate and then move on to something else once your body shits the bed i mean it's the same for any athlete this is a this is a good segue i got a question for you how do you feel about the gronk gronk retirement what's your view on it <laughs> 
Uh, dude, bomb dude. Obviously, yeah. huge, huge Gronk fan. I think what he did for the organization, like on the field and off the field, is really cool. Just a fun guy all around, incredible athlete. You know, one of the best tight ends to do it. Um, but I get it. I mean, the dude's been riddled with injuries throughout his career, and like to kind of end on a, a Super Bowl victory is, is maybe a you know maybe a good play. I don't know. Like, how do you guys feel? You think like maybe he'll make some triumphant return like midseason or some shit, or you think he's totally done? I mean, I I love the conspiracy theory. I eat this shit up that he's going to come back in like week ten, right, 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 ready to roll for a playoff run. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I I kind of look at it two ways. Where it's like, I Gronk's actually very fiscally responsible. People like I don't think people really know that about him. They just see like this big meathead, and it's like, no, th- that guy didn't spend. No, the yeah, no, I think his NFL contract. His family's all pretty in, good with that shit. Yeah, he was all yeah. endorsements going through his his career. So, mm-hmm. um, but uh, the other things that like. Dude, Gronk's the biggest bro, like, frat guy of all time. You think he's going to yeah. be watching New England rolling through the season and making it in a playoff run, and he's going to be like, nah, I'm good. Like, Gronk's going to be like, no, let's go fucking win another ring. Let's crush some beers while we're at it. Like, I just, there's that conspiracy theory to me that I'm just like, he's going to have some serious FOMO, and he's going to be like, I got to get back in that locker room. Yeah. You know? yeah. And it was, I, it, was the, it was the smartest move financially for New England, too, because they saved, like, 11 mil in cap space. Oh, the cap space is, is going to be fantastic, so. Yeah. But you you know you're losing a Hall of Famer tight end. But you know, it, like I said, is you know how many seasons out of his career has he you know played every game and stayed healthy the whole season? Not many. Yeah. It's not to say that like when he when he's playing though, it's like his impact is you know undeniable. His impact on the the game and the team. Um, but it I, yeah I. I'm not ruling it out either that, you know, like his feeling now is one thing, but once you, this is your career and you've been doing it for however many years. And then, you know, you're watching from the sideline that you start to like something inside you starts to brew probably. And if the opportunity yeah. arose where that was a possibility, I don't know, but that would suggest that he would have to be like busting his ass all season long just to be ready right. to let like, go if the time yeah. came. So yeah. I, I wouldn't be, you've been lifting. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, he's like, no, nah, I've, I've just been on cruise ships for the last six months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With chicks and shit. I've done the stone cold Steve Austin like too, 12 though. times. Yeah, no, I, I, there's no doubt that he'll he'll probably try and you know continue staying in shape and stuff. Not, I don't think at the at the level of workouts that you know you're doing when you're an active on an active NFL roster, of course. But yeah, but it's I, you know it's not to say he couldn't with a, a month or two's you know one or two months' notice kind of get back into. I would take Gronk fighting like shape. 80, I don't know eighty percent, not even in shape. Throw him out back in the field. He'll do oh, fine. Yeah. He just I, I like would too. Yeah, to, I, just to get yeah. going. I, yeah, yeah, for sure. I think he would still he would still make plays, and his you know his blocking is some of the best in the league too, which is, I think is super underappreciated. But uh, hey, you should you should watch my video on Gronk's retirement. I dive in on it, but do you? I'll check yeah. it out. Oh, yeah. sure. Um, so how do, how do you feel about the uh, Robert Kraft hand job situation or BJ or ZJ situation? If you had to give an opinion, <laughs> Handygate. <laughs> Handygate is that what we're calling it now? Handygate. <laughs> Oh man, I, I get kind of a kick out of it. It's my knee jerk reaction is like, oh bummer, dude. Robert Kraft super respected all the shit, and now like he's being tarnished by the media, et cetera. Depending on how you look at it, I think it's funny. I couldn't couldn't lose an ounce of respect for the guy. He's just an old billionaire trying to catch a quick hand job, like big deal, right? 
what the fuck? Like he doesn't, you know, is he lost his wife years ago and now he's got a, you know, young, pretty girlfriend. And it's like, what well, dude, let the dude, let the dude get a rub once in a while. But of course the whole world that's not new England hates the Patriots. So this is perfect, you know, fodder to just kind of try and tear down, not only the man, but the organization in a way, at least drag yeah. him through the mud. So uh, it bums me out in that sense that it gives people ammunition to really kind of shit on the organization and the team and blah, blah, blah. But, does it really fucking matter? Like, I don't know. Like the whole idea of like the illegality of it and all this shit. I'm like, fuck out of here with that nonsense. Yeah. Like, is he really going to get, and not, did they ever release a video? I know they were talking, there was a video of it, right? They're saying that's what he's I'm trying to, sure. that's what he's trying to suppress. So that's what he's going through right now. So basically he's trying. So what the FBI did is they called in a bomb threat into the massage parlor to get the, the videos in the massage parlor. I thought that was a joke, but apparently it's true. And Wait, to get the videos in to get the video yeah. cameras in the where the rub and tug was going down. So that's that's my that was my question is how why were there even cameras there initially? It, is that not entrapment? Like, I don't know. It's I don't know the whole all the details, but that's interesting. So they call in a bomb threat in order to get cameras in there somehow. Yeah, that's that's what the reports are saying, because that's really pretty strange. intense. I don't know if you'd have to call in a bomb threat, but. That's what they said, and then also they're trying to put it off as it was an invasion of privacy too, which makes a ton of sense. I mean you're going in to get a massage um, even if he was doing the right thing. That's invasion of privacy too. You're taking your clothes off. Yeah, for sure. Looking handy. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I'm, I'm waiting to hear the other names that were on the list. Like when Kraft's right, came out, right. the big thing was like this isn't even the biggest name on the list. Right, but he's the but only he, one yeah, conveniently like, that well, got dropped, right? And it, yeah, what, this was in like, Miami this happened too? Yeah. Dude, before the AFC Championship game, that's the best yeah, part. Yeah, of course. Like, before yeah. the AFC Championship game. <laughs> Dude, tensions are high, you know? You yeah, just exactly. Get a quick, just a quick release. Um, a quick tie, a quick tie hand massage. But yeah, I mean, I would try to suppress the videos too. I don't want my O face getting out there. My oh, wrinkly body, you know? I don't yeah, want that out there. 100%. I mean, if anything, regardless of, you know, the, the morality of it or all this shit, it's like, it's obviously super, it's obviously incredibly embarrassing. Like, even though, like, my mindset is like, you know, dude, you're like, you're the GOAT as far as, like, owners go. You have a, you know, one the best organization of all time, pretty much, over the last 15 to 20 years, however long you've owned it. And, uh, you know, who gives a fuck? He can do whatever the fuck he wants. Who cares? But I guess when you're in that in that public guy and yeah, it's embarrassing and it gives people ammunition. But I think I just, I'm curious once next season starts and the whole new cycle begins, like how, if that's even going to still be a thing, if there's still going to be like court proceedings going on. And I just hate to be like, is there going to be press conferences where like new, like, you know, these, these, these guys are asking team members about how it's affected the locker room and all this shit. I just don't want to have to deal with here in this garbage. Yeah. Because people will ask these questions because it sucks because this is the type of stuff that, you know, this will get clicks and it's what. Yeah, the well, they, kind of they, they can't beat New England on the field. That's been clear. So they got to try and fi- find ways to at least throw throw something at them off it. That's you know exactly I mean? right. Like, and as it, you and you, fucking beat them. Do you believe, like, as far as conspiracy theory goes, you think this could have been like a targeted thing where this was done on purpose strictly to kind of fuck with the Patriots? Or you think that was completely, that's a little too far? That's what El Prez is I mean, saying, but that's, that's like yeah. a shtick. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a shtick. That's kind of a conspiracy against Robert Kraft. You can put that in with the that UFO might be a little stuff. Bit of a that's a little bit. Of, yeah, it's a bit of a stretch yeah. to, to think that's that. Yeah, possible though. 
Hey, man. Even for me, and I love conspiracy theories, I'm like, I don't know about that one. This is in Miami. It's different if this was in, like, Robert Kraft's backyard. That's a little bit different. But this one's down in Miami. I don't know. Like I said, I'm still waiting for the other names that are on the fucking list, man. Because everybody was like, dude, like, some top dogs are going to be on here. And so far, it's just been Kraft, you know? Here's the question. Here's the question for you two, though. If the video does get released, are you going to watch it? Yeah, of course. You have to watch it. 1,000%. Absolutely. 100%. I don't want to see it. I'm a fan of the organization. I'm a fan of the owner. I got to see every piece of content he puts out. Yeah, I'm a fan of Robert Kraft reaching climax in a fucking small parlor. Fuck it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Unreal. Dude, I I wanted to ask you this question because the the video, I think – of yours, that was my favorite. Was you talking about uh, what you did in the past, like all the videos you did, kind of like your musical? Oh, the, too. the ten years, the ten years on YouTube video. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's funny because yeah, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, so um, dude, I made I made a lot of the same videos. Like I was a social media expert, quote unquote, with eight views on oh, all my God. all my videos and stuff. Cringeworthy stuff. Cringe that shit. Yeah, kind of where I connected to your channel. Um, I guess were you surprised that this kind of blew up to where it did? Just like my YouTube channel in general? Yeah. <clears throat> I think there's always an element of surprise when it happens, but mm. I think you know, at the same time part of me understands that like you know, I've been I've been kind of working my balls off for years behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Not really, and, and for for a lot of years, it was me kind of putting effort into things that weren't really the right fit for me, and that was a, like a big learning experience. Um, but I'd say once I once I really kind of f- settled in to being comfortable with being myself and talking the way I do and making the jokes the way I do, this was probably like late 2016. It really like I felt something click in the and when that happened, I is around the same time I really started to notice people taking notice, whether it's on Twitter or YouTube. And um yeah, I don't know. It it's just it was years of kind of grinding, putting out videos every single week, like constantly working full time and then coming home and, and you know, being in the office from fucking 10 p.m. to 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning, recording, editing, and shit, and working two jobs in a sense with the second job having no fiscal reward for yeah. a long, for a long, for a long time, mm-hmm. um, and just just slowly slowly started to grow like it was very slow for a long time, and then it kind of you know it, I built off this catalog of content, I gained a lot of experience, I became a better editor, a better audio producer, all these things, and then all it takes is fucking one video. What was the first video that kind of went viral? So <clears throat> I would say in 2017, around July, there was a video called Lele Pons is Remarkably Unfunny, and it was similar to what I do. It was a piss take on these, you know, this Instagram Vine comedy, right? Mm. Um, that was my first video that I think really kind of caught the recommended right after a couple days, it started getting pushed out to people and getting more views. And I started gaining subscribers at a rate that I was, that was very exciting. I was unfamiliar with that helped me kind of go from, I don't know, like 20, 20 to, I think I had like 30,000 subscribers on YouTube at the time. And that really helped push me over the next couple months over the hundred thousand subscriber mark. And, you know, when one video like that kind of takes off, it starts to build momentum. So then my future uploads, not all of them did well, but some of them started to do, you know, they do better 
than they were doing previous to that video. And then mm-hmm. it kind of, kind of leveled off and plateaued and kept growing slowly, hundred, 200, <clears throat> you know, all of 2000 for like a year. Mm-hmm. And, and it was, it was really, I had about 250,000 subscribers and it was the fall of 2018. It was September uh, when I really had like a substantial, substantial blow up on my channel. Um, it was interesting too, cause like, I don't know what it was. I, I, I've, it was, the timing was crazy too. Cause I was super stressed. My wife was pregnant. She was, we had a kid right in August of last year. So I was like, I took a, a week and a half off and I came home and like the first video I did, I just made this video, uh, on this other YouTuber, this young kid who like, did this special his 70 subscriber special where he like oh, camped dude, out I was watching that last night. Yeah. I was watching yeah. that last night. Yeah, and it was like crazy. it was funny. Like I tried to do it in a way that was like just I was like, this kid is so precious, but like I'm obviously gonna make jokes and stuff, but <laughs> the title and the thumbnail was perfect. <laughs> you know, the the title of the video was he risked his life for 70 subscribers, and it was just mm. this picture, this kind of chubby kid like in a tent. Yeah. And that was the first video, like it just was normal for the first week or two. It just did normal. And then all of a sudden, like it started to, it started to pop out of nowhere. I guess YouTube recognized like the metrics were good. So it started to promote it. And that was the first time I was like, Oh shit, this thing's really popping. And it did it for a couple of days and it slowed down. And then a few, like two weeks, three weeks later, I don't know if it was because of the momentum or it was just another good video topic. I made the video on, the Australian brothers that were like pretending they were dying. Oh my God, those and then like, the and then like, and then <laughs> and doing, and doing like fake, and then doing fake iPhone giveaways in the same video. Like, Hey guys, like my brother's dying. We have all these diseases, by the way, like, like, and subscribe and turn on notifications. We're giving away. iPhone. just the skin and, and the slimy shit. Anyways, try not to get too much longer into it. That, that video was the one that went like mega viral. And then they responded to it. And I responded to them just destroying them for a second time a week later, and that went viral. So both these videos were going viral at the same time. All of that new traffic was a huge signal to YouTube, and all of a sudden YouTube started to surface all my, my whole catalog of content to more people. So I had videos that were like eight, nine, ten months old, all of a sudden getting like twenty, thirty thousand 30,000 views a day alongside all these videos. So my channel just went nuts for like a month, like two months, and I went from like 250,000 subs in you know end of september to ended up breaking a million before the end of the year in december um and just continually pushing out content and you know some videos would flop but others would continue to bang and like the more you kind of grow your user base of you know fans that will come back even if that video is not being promoted to the algorithm it's just like and it just keeps compiling on itself and uh are you uh are you full-time youtube now yeah, so I yeah, so I That's quit awesome. my I quit my job uh October 26th of last year is my last day. So that was like thir- 12 13 years in the restaurant industry pretty oh, much. Yeah. Bro, I'm a, I'm a bartender. I'm a bartender too right now, so I'm like grinding yeah, with it. I'm trying I'm trying to get into law school, but it's fucking it's the dude, I hate the restaurant industry. It's the worst. Oh, preach, brother. I I know it. I know it. I was so by the end it was I was so I don't want to say bitter, like, cause there was probably two or three years where I was like bartending full time still, but like the YouTube thing was growing slowly on the side and it started at like, all right, I made enough this month to like pay my cell phone bill. That's fucking dope. You know, like I was able to pay a bill, like doing what I right. love on the side. Then yeah. like a year goes by and all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, I just like paid rent this month from doing this and like yeah and like it slowly starts to grow. And the more that started to grow on the side, the YouTube thing 
in this kind of online social media thing, the harder it was for me to give a single fuck about going yeah. into work because it's like I'm making money doing what I love right now. It's not enough to support myself. And, you know, I, I bought a house. I have a kid. So I have like real responsibilities. I can't just like be living off a of raw man and trying to make it right. I need to <laughs> provide for my family. So I can't just quit my job until it got, you know, the income started to get real. So as, as the months went on, it just became harder and harder going to work. But I always, I always try to kind of maintain this appreciation for the fact that, you know what, like I'm employed, I work in a restaurant, I make you know, pretty good money, better money than a lot of people for what I do. So like I have this real appreciation for the fact that the restaurant really provided for me for so many years, as much as I have this disdain for the service industry and the cons that you have to deal with on a regular basis. Uh, worse but, I, I, but yeah, but I will tell you once that, once the channel kind of popped and I, you know, I sat down with the wife and I showed her kind of this, the numbers and the statistics and like, just was able to convince her that, listen, my time in the restaurant would be much better spent, you know, kind of doubling down on what I'm doing online because the, the ROI oh, yeah. is so much better now. And she's like, all right, yeah, I get it. I get it. And I see. So putting in the two weeks and then leave, it was just like the best day of my life, man. I didn't, I didn't even, I didn't even think about the fact that you like, you would definitely have to sit down and convince the lady that like, this oh. is worth it. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like, did you have a slideshow ready? Like, <laughs> no, ready no. She knew. Like, to her credit, she's always been massively supportive. She's not really. She doesn't really understand a lot of what I do, and she thinks I'm kind of a weirdo, which is fine. <laughs> she's always she's always supported it, and and you know there was this very like this purgatory period of this interim where it was like, you know, I was making. A, a secondary income and, and I'm like giving up shifts at the, at the restaurant. Cause it's like, anytime I can give up a shift or someone wants to pick up and I can give it up, I would want to do it. Cause I'd be like, I'll go home and fucking like research or do another video and try and, and that was hard for at first. She's like, dude, you like, you're giving up all these shifts. What's the deal? And I'm like, I'm like, honey, I'm telling you, like, it's going to pay off eventually. Like it's, I see the ball rolling right now and it's like, I just have to keep fostering this. And it will eventually pay off. And she's like, all right, well, I trust you. And there were some fights where it was like, all right, like you, you've only worked three shifts this week. Like, let's go, like, step it up. You got to, but, uh, you know, uh, she kind of trusted it. And once it felt good to finally be able to be like, I fucking told you so. Like, (laughs) that's why I was taking all these shifts off. So. I don't know. And it's tough, man. It's different for everybody. Like your guy, like you guys and your grind. Like, I just, I love seeing people doing it, kind of trying to take, what they love and really just, and just, uh, whether that's podcasting or video or, or whatever is obviously for you guys are very passionate sports fans. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's super saturated, but uh, you know, work ethic and, and talent separate, separate the pack. And like you guys, yeah. you know, I've, I've seen a lot of what you've been doing. I've been looking at, at you know, your Instagram and, and the website, and I think you guys got something really good going on. And I think you, if you just keep, you keep pounding like you you know what it like i know what it i know what it's like to spend 30 hours a week making content for fucking three people to see it right <laughs> and we're that the, last, that we got last, we got like six yeah it, more than and that. it, yeah. that's lasted it's so long but like every but every one of those people is a huge success like to go from 10 viewers to like 14 like that's that's a reason to celebrate like everybody counts and it's so easy to get lost in like the numbers and the analytics and even now like i'm at a place i never thought i'd be and i feel super fortunate and blessed to be able to do this full time there's this weird like 
I feel like people get lost and they forget like just how important each individual person is. Like, you know, it's all, oh, I look at, you know, I almost have 1.2 million subs. It's easy to lose sight of like each one of those people is a person that willingly watched something I did and then click subscribe because they wanted to see more of that. Like that's, that's huge. So to, to really never forget about appreciating the individual, that's why like I love doing, you know, I love doing stuff like this because I feel like a lot of people, they get to a certain point and like they only agree to do things that like could possibly benefit them or they're like, oh, I, you know, and it's like, man, I just, I don't know, I love coming on podcasts and just shooting the shit with a couple dudes like right now. Yeah. I, I hope that like no matter how big I get, if I'm super successful in four years, I could, I could fucking be irrelevant and be back in the restaurant. I don't know. That's the, that's the risk you, take <laughs> you do this type of thing. But I hope I, I never lose sight of, you know, just, just the individual and in, in the person behind every single analytic. And I think having that appreciation really helps, uh, really helps in, in the way you, you carry yourself. When you show that people, I think people respond well to that. I don't know. I just, it's so, we live in, uh, 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 <clears throat> kind of this online world now where everybody is vying for your attention, right? Like there's a million different options at any given moment for you and me for consuming content and how we entertain ourselves. And for people to like take 15 minutes out of their day to like watch something I made is, is super humbling and flattering. So yeah, and they, they like- watch the whole damn video dude. That's what's awesome about your videos. And Dude, for us, whenever when we cross the the twenty five listener mark on our whatever podcast it was, that's like yeah. our that's kind of our superpower. Is we actually we really do appreciate those people, and we think it's awesome that a group of people would listen to our podcast because we're just a couple dudes. Um, yes, and then of course we're we're trying to do everything right and appreciate those people, answer all the DMs, have conversations, and when you do that, good yep. shit happens. Carabas came on the podcast. Dave I think Meltzer came on. You came on, and it's like we feel like we're doing everything correctly, um, and we just yep. love doing yep. it too. That's that's huge. I mean, community engagement is is I think so important. I think so many so many people I think disregard that at least in kind of the YouTube community. Um, I tried, and it gets it can get exhausting, and it's very hard to keep up with now for me. But I'll, I'll spend like. I'll sit down for like an hour. It just with my only intention is to go through messages, go through DMS and try to respond to people and like just chat with them. Cause like, I don't, it's weird. And it's, it's people appreciate that. And it's, and it's, it's strange to say, and I, it, because it's, it's almost like you sound, you sound kind of uh, like, like you have an ego to say this, but I remember back when I had a thought, you know, 500 subscribers if i dm'd like someone who i really looked up to that was a youtuber and there was doing something i really wanted to do if they like hit me back like that felt fucking really great right so now that like i'm in a position where younger kids or whoever might look up to me for what i do as a career and the content i make um to be able to hit them back like that's that that's huge for them that feels really good and that could you know make the day get messages all the time and it's hard to say that because i'm just i'm just an average dude i'm no better than anybody that's ever messaged me i just you know a little bit of hard work a little bit of luck put me in the position i'm in yeah for i mean for Uh you too like it's funny because i don't have that many followers at all i only have 
what I think it's at 13k right now and all the time I'll get messages and I respond I only get like five six dms a day when I respond every once in a while I'll get somebody who's so excited like I can't believe you just answered me I'm like dude I only get like three or five messages a day yeah yeah I'm just it's it's crazy dude like so social currency is so wild now it is it's like like it's it's a currency and it's I hate it in some respects because it's almost like you know a lot of people especially I feel like younger kids growing up it's like somebody they look at somebody and like if they don't have x amount of followers or this or that like they just disregard them as like a loser or nobody and it's like I hate that we've now we are in a society where like you're the amount of followers you have or fans like is 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 you know equates how worthy you are of of you know talking to somebody or something but but it is it's just kind of a reality of it like the social currency is a real thing and it's opened up a lot of doors for me it allows me to work with sponsors and do all these things and it's great but at the same time like i don't know like i could all that shit could be deleted overnight and i'd mm-hmm. still be me and i'd still be comfortable in my own skin and i'd fucking I'd be able to figure out my life and all this shit. And it's, but I think people, it is, people take it so seriously. They see the, they see the number like a million and it's like, they're fucking blown away. They can't believe it that someone with a million subscribers would respond to a DM. And I'm like, dude, I'm just, I've fucking shit my pants in a Starbucks accidentally <laughs> last year. Like I'm not that cool of a guy. Like I just, that's just a normal dude. <laughs> Had a little a peg. Yeah, dude. Little thought it was a fart. Turned out it was a little more than that. Before, you know, before I shit my pants, I was walking on water. After that, holy fuck, man! I'm with nobody. So it's cool. It's cool. I have this such a love hate relationship because it's like I'm living the dream, right? I'm able to make content and like joke around and make a good living while doing it. There's a lot of aspects of the social media game that I just. I just hate so it's all for me it's all about maintaining staying grounded and just really trying to to maintain perspective that like you know what this could all be over tomorrow and <laughs> that that would suck but I would figure out a way uh to get by and at the same point it could continue to grow and I could be massively wealthy in 5 years I have no idea all I know is that like I'm going to keep keep trying and keep doing what I love and try to try to innovate and continue to to make content that people enjoy. That's, that's all you can really do. Comedy at all? I feel like you'd be a good stand-up that, comedian. Dude, it's funny. I get that a lot, actually. A lot of comments, a lot of DMs. Like, yo, you, you got to do stand-up. And uh, I have thought about it a lot. And I still think about it a lot because I think I could be good at it. But it, I've just never – I've never actually sat down and, like, tried to write jokes that I would, like, deliver, right? Most of the content I make uh, – it's very reactionary. Like I recorded myself, I'll watch the stuff and most of the stuff I, most of the jokes I deliver are kind of created in the moment. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Part of that, it makes me nervous too. Like I had to play into a room as a stand up comedian. I know it's, uh, it can be a, a grueling, a, a grueling game, but I, I was in a band for several years and I have a lot of experience on stage performing in front of people. So I feel like that would give me a head start, just having some stage comfort and some stage presence, um, and I do think, you know how like a lot of YouTubers, like they go on tour or whatever 
it's like I don't know. Like, and I'm always I'm always bewildered by that. Like, like this 16 year old female YouTuber that does nothing basically and has a million. Like, what are you going on tour to do? Like, it doesn't yeah. make sense. But they sell out like fucking stadiums just to, just to be there for no reason, just to like meet and greet. It's wild. It's like the Jason tour was was very yeah. cringy. I saw yeah. somebody somebody tore on that, and that was super cringy. They did like uh, dance that was, numbers and that, stuff and. That was weird. Drew Gooden, I think. I, mean, I don't know if you're familiar with. Him. He did a video where he like went. He went to it actually oh, yeah. with his, which was which was hilarious and just kind of. It was awful. It was so bad. But you know, it's it, for for the ten year olds that were there. I guess it was awesome. But uh, but yeah, I, of a lifetime. Yeah, I love the idea. If I were to ever do a tour, I love the idea of having like a like a uh, even if it's like a fifteen or thirty minute kind of bit stand up to see how that would go and i think that it would be kind of like cheating because the whole audience would be built in already that like is a fan of you as opposed to most comics who have to like start out in comedy clubs playing to people that don't know who they are and every you know test what falls flat so um but yeah i do i I do think about it and i think that i i will probably i will probably try and do it in the next couple years at least just to say i've tried it and and who knows see how it goes the thing i like about stand-up sorry to fucking ramble forever is that there's a lot of like there's a longevity to it right there's not really any age restriction it's like i don't know how long can i be on you how long can i be a youtuber that's like taking the piss out of instagrammers like i don't know like i'll have to pivot at some point uh, but with stand-up comedy, dude, like George Carlin, well, he's doing gigs up into his seventies. Like you can yeah. just you, you can crush it. Like that's so that's that's the nice thing I think about stand-up. It's not like sports or about like being young and cool. It's like you can just you can be a stand-up as long as you want. Age doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I'm like a big fan of stand-up too, and I, I like listening to them yeah. talk about the craft too. And yeah, and the the differences between kind of the on camera work and people on stage. I, I pay attention to what they say all the time, and it's and things that you say. I feel like you don't mean to be a punchline, are actually really funny to me. And I think that's that's why I would think you'd be a really good stand up comedian. I think it's the way you tell stories, and there's certain little things yeah. that you do that I find really funny. That's why I just think you'd be a good stand up comedian, dude. You should. I'll go to the first. Yeah, show. no, I'll go to the first show. I appreciate that. I'll, I'll fly out. I'll fly out for the first show. Let's do it. You got two right here, Leon. Shit. That's what I'm talking about. That's a good start, man. That's fucking. That's more people that were at my first band gig. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I had a yeah. question for you. Since sure. Being up on the YouTube stuff. Um, through the because like to me, there's a couple of different kinds of Pats fans. Sure. Right? And the the franchise has just exploded. My dad's an old school like New England fan. So he's yeah. aggressively pessimistic with basically anything sports. Sure. Um, <laughs> like going through the playoff run, like the this the uh, well L.A. game and then going into the Kansas City game. Were you like this fucking team's rolling, or were you like this shit's going to crumble at some point? So I feel like those were the two opposites of it. Uh, going into this play, I about it. Um, you know, looking at Kansas City and how the you know the level they were playing at. Uh, I just, I feel like the, I always have the utmost confidence in, in new England's ability, regardless of what the season has looked like or what the statistics say, new England in the playoffs is just so you can't predict what will happen. Like they could be the absolute underdog and they'll go on to win the super bowl. I mean, just, I forget what it was. What was it? Two. 
I'm trying to I'm trying to think now. Not 2007. It's sometimes like I remember this season. Like there were some real rocky moments, and you know people counting us out and all this stuff. And you look at the history, and it's like some of the years we won the Super Bowl. It's like our regular seasons were shit. Like we scraped yeah. by, made it into the playoffs, and then steamrolled in the yeah. postseason. So I, I'm I've always I've always been of the mindset like. I just we just gotta just get the playoffs and see what happens. Get to the playoffs and like I'm I'm super hyped on like them absolutely 100 percent are gonna are gonna clean house and win until they don't and then I'm like fuck that sucks. But I, I'm not I'm definitely not I'm definitely not the pessimistic Patriots fan. Um, yeah. And you know I was a fan before the Brady era. You know the Curtis Martin blood. So back in the day, you know the 90s mm-hmm. were as Terry Glenn. Oh my God, Terry Glenn, 100. Um, <laughs> percent and yet I was obviously a lot younger, but I was still big into football back then. So I was, I was a pretty, pretty big fan before all the W started racking up. But, you know, once Belichick and, you know, Bledsoe collapses his lung and Brady comes in and then fast forward fucking almost eight, 19 years now, it's been just one incredible two decades. So um, I, I get a question on like the Brady thing because I was, yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit younger than you guys. So like I was, I was in like, fourth or fifth grade when they won their first super bowl oh, um, so like i was i was just a i was just a i was a fan you know i didn't really know the x's and o's about i didn't understand the the background to it at what point were you sold on tom brady like at what point were you like was it after super bowl one that you're like yeah this dude's legit because it's like i think about a dude like flacco where yeah, he's got a super bowl but fucking i'm not sold on flacco i don't think anybody's sold on flacco i know well, yeah. fans who are like fuck i don't want this guy yeah so at what point were you like all right this, this 12 cats got some game Flacco. I mean, Flacco won his Super Bowl, cashed in with his contract, and then shit the bed ever since. Like, <laughs> a lot of quarterbacks do that, though. In, in his defense, um, it's, it's been so long now. I I don't remember. I do remember. I really I feel like it was the post it was the postseason of that first Super Bowl year, um, where I just I felt like there was something special, and then it was you know. What was it? The 2001 Super Bowl? Or was it just the 2000 season? 2001, 2001 Super Bowl? Yeah. Was that the, that, was that the same year with the, with the snowball, with the, uh, yeah, with the Vinatieri the kick, this yeah, Vinatieri yeah. kick against the Raiders, yeah. I think, in the AFC yeah. Championship, whatever it was? I remember like where I was for all those specific moments. Like that season for me is probably the, the most vivid in my memory just because there were so many incredible moments. And then to see this kind of, you know, this dude come off the bench go on to get into the playoffs and then just to, to play the way he did in the postseason, I, I feel like that, that was one of the most memorable, memorable moments for me was that season. But then obviously over the course of the next, you know, three years, winning two more Super Bowls at that point, you're like, all right, this guy's, this is, this is legit. Yeah, so he's pretty, yeah. Feels pretty legit. Feels yeah. Like yeah. Real, yeah. I don't know. Three, yeah. Three out of three <laughs> out okay. of three out of four. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. uh, how many more years do you think he's got? You think he's going to go to 45 or what? Dude, I mean, I, I trust him. I think Tom is, is, is all business. So I think if I think he will go to 45 unless, uh, he gets injured, which is obviously a possibility. I think he takes right. pretty much every precaution you could possibly take as far as trying to keep your body in uh, optimal shape at that age. So I think he could do it, uh, unless something happens, you know, I think they do a pretty good job and he's gotten really smart about avoiding taking hits, but he still goes down. He still gets, he still gets pounded he gets around. Rocked sometimes. Yeah. It's rocked, man. So take some fucking hits. So I feel like 
I feel like barring an injury, he will he will start until he he decides to retire. I don't think there'll be a situation where he wants to play and is capable of playing in the bench. I hope not. I would hate to see that where it's like he just can't he just can't let go of it or something and Mm Like yeah. it becomes awkward and they're like, put him on the bench yeah. and he's like, oh, <laughs> so I, I think he's, he's probably smarter than that. I, I feel like he, he probably knows his limit. Like if he got to the point where he's like, all right, I, I can't perform at the level I need to perform at. I think he would, I think he'd be self-aware enough to, to kind of hang it up. Maybe so it's going to be tough to see, man. It's like most of my adult life has been Brady Belichick, yeah. you know? Right. And it's like, it's just the, the, just the dynasty into, to be, be at the point now where we're really like, okay, this is this is the eleventh hour, man. This is yeah, this, yeah. It's like, dude, it's gonna so I, sad. Yeah, I, it's gonna be so sad. So sad. Damn, dude. I struggled with the I struggled with the Gronk thing. I was mm. like, and that was kind of that was kind of like people were like, yeah, it's probably gonna retire. And the entire year, I was like, nope, don't want to hear it. Just like a four year old who didn't. Yeah, dude. I, I didn't I really. Like, not a chance, I, didn't, not a I didn't really accept it either. I was just like, yeah, yeah. bullshit. And then when he yeah. came out with his, his his post on Instagram and shit, I was like, what? Yeah, I like, I, like, I, I shed a tear. I'm, I'm not afraid to say it. Like, it hurt, you know. But it was, <laughs> yeah. but it's like, like when Tommy retires, like that's gonna be, that's gonna be catastrophic for me. I don't oh. think that I'm gonna be able to show my face to the public for a couple of days, and people don't even give a shit about the Pats down here. <laughs> Like, I'm just going to be in my room crying. Dude, it is weird. Like, he's just on another level. I guess, obviously, you have to be a Patriots fan to understand it. But, like, you, you can name any celebrity in the world, whatever. That's cool. If I saw him in public, that would be neat. But, like, if, like I'm, like, star. Like, Brady is, like, I would let him do things to me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> and I, Same. I, Same. Uh, Any good New uh, England fan would say that. Oh, he's, he's just the fucking, and I don't know why that is. I don't know what if it's a combination of how you know he's carried himself for so many years. If if it's that, and how how much he's achieved at, at the highest level, you know, in his sport, it's just it's just everything. Like I just uh, res- respect him in so many ways all around. Not only as a as a as a person, but as a an athlete, as a public figure. Uh, he's just like a class guy and I've all, and it's just going to be so, it's going to be so sad to see him have to step, you know, step down from, he's from, such, from leadership, but he's such a symbol of our childhood too. That's what's weird is we were kids growing up and, you know, I was 12 years old. I used to strap my helmet like him during games, the whole nine. And now I'm 30 yeah. years old <laughs> and it's like, it's odd. It's just so weird. Yeah. But, uh, I, I think it's at the same time though. It's like, you have to appreciate like how, you have to appreciate being from New England. Like what we've gone through the last two decades is like nobody, nobody's been through that. <laughs> like, sure, you have your yeah, other lives, right? But there's Brett- never going to be anything like this again. When you look at like free agency and players yeah. leaving and the turnover, like the New England's coaching staff is is unparalleled. I mean, their coaching staff is top of the line. That's why you see dudes like Flores going and getting head coaching jobs. And it's rare that a guy like McDaniel's got to come back. That's something that I heard too. Yeah. Is that like you fucking leave Belichick? There ain't no coming back. And so the fact that McDaniel's got to come back is shocking to me. And I think he's going to be he's going to be the next in line. And I think that he I don't know if he'll be as good as Belichick, but he'll be up there. McDaniel's is a fucking good coach. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, he's he's always been one of the best O coordinators. I think. Um, dude, I don't know. It's it's what do you think? What do you think is going to happen? What do you think with Belichick? How long is his career going to go on? 
you think you think him and Brady are kind of tied together? You think he's going to keep coaching that's, until he can't coach anymore? That's kind of how I feel. I, I think that I actually just someone asked me this yesterday. I think I would imagine that him and Brady go at the same time. I just think that you look at Belichick, his age, how much he's built with that organization. Yeah. Does he really want to build it again? I also think that it depends on who they bring in for quarterback next. Because if they bring yeah. in like a rookie, I don't necessarily. I'm not sure that Belichick's like. I, I don't know if he really wants to take on that project. But if Does they it, bring in a dude who's got a couple years under his belt, who knows the league, maybe yeah. I could see him trying to get a, a, a roll in with that again. Like but I mean, another like, couple what, years. Yeah, it's like what yeah. does the dude have to accomplish? He, he's he was the D coordinator on the Giants when they had Lawrence Taylor. He's the head coach of <laughs> the greatest organization in the history of sports. Yeah, it's like there's literally, literally, he's just doing it so he can update his boat's name. Like that's it. He just wants to name it <laughs> fucking thirty rings by the end of it. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. yeah. But it, it would be weird to see uh, a Belichick team with no Brady and, and you know, vice oh, versa, man. which yeah. obviously I don't think there'll be a, a Brady team with no Belichick, but it, it could be the other way around. That would just be strange to see. But like you said, I, to, to after what he's done to like then to bring in a new, you know, like a young quarterback and coach him up and really try to build, it's like maybe maybe that would be a good time for him to hang it. Like, you know, he's, yeah. he's, what, else, what else can you accomplish? Thanks again to each and every one of you that enjoyed this episode of Couch Coaches. We really do appreciate every single one of the listeners as you heard us talking about that earlier. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Be sure to hit whatever notification bell you got on whatever platform you're on. We got more coming. We'll be back next week with another episode. We're going to release a David Meltzer episode next week and possibly more. Maybe another guest. Stay tuned.